This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, true pilot stories from the world of general aviation. In this episode, your engine dies because there's a parachute wrapped around the propeller. That can't be good. Find out how this happened in Jumpers Away by David Hensley. On a beautiful August morning in Middle Tennessee, we decided to visit one of the nearby airport pancake breakfasts. Our airplane, a 1967 Cherokee 140, had just completed a successful annual just a few weeks prior. An early start would help avoid the heat and humidity that was sure to be prevalent as the day progressed. My co-owner Steve and I met at Tullahoma Municipal Airport to fly to Guntersville Municipal in Alabama, about a 40-minute flight in our Speedster. The weather at Tullahoma was severe clear, but there were visibility issues at Guntersville. The Guntersville Airport is located by a lake, so close in fact that it has a water runway in addition to an asphalt one. We decided we would head in that direction in hopes that the fog would move out by the time we arrived. If that didn't work out, we would still have had a fun day of flying. The Tullahoma Airport is a busy place on most weekends. It's common to see skydivers, gliders, helicopter operations, and other general aviation activity successfully sharing the airspace. After the pre-flight, I checked the tetrahedron, and although the wind was minimal, it was pointing to the north. I heard a distant baron enter the area with intentions to land on runway 36, so I taxied out to do the run-up. I heard the baron entering downwind for runway 36, and I heard the skydiver's jump plane pilot announce, Jumpers away. The jumpers land in a large grassy area around the middle of the field. The local pilots know to avoid crossing midfield, to avoid what we not so affectionately call meat bombs. I taxied short of the runway hold line and angled the airplane about 45 degrees into the wind. I completed the pre-takeoff checklist, pulled the power back to 1,000 RPM, and stared out the left window looking for the Baron pilot who had just announced final. Suddenly, our airplane shuddered, and the engine was stopping. My first thought was that somebody taxied into us from behind. As I looked out front, my heart sank, and I remember saying, 
Oh, no. There was the silky material of a parachute draped over the propeller as it was slowly rotating to a stop. I thought someone had just died or been seriously maimed. Steve opened the door as I turned off the magnetos and master switch. I heard him talking to someone on the ground, and I thought, that's a good sign. The skydiver was a young lady, about 20 years of age, and she was asking if our airplane was okay. Steve told her not to worry about the airplane right now and asked if she was okay. By this time, I was getting out of the airplane and saw no signs of blood, and the skydiver was trying to get to her feet. We insisted she sit on the ground for a while. She looked to be in shock, and who wouldn't be? The skydiving ground crew soon showed up and assisted the jumper back to the hangar. Miraculously, she had no physical injuries. This was one of her early solo jumps, and according to other skydivers, she had fixated on the Cherokee and landed right at it, like a moth to a flame. She had landed just feet away from a moving propeller and was unscathed. Had she landed a minute earlier when I was performing the run-up at a higher RPM, it would have pulled her into the propeller instead of killing our idling engine. Steve and I got back in the Cherokee and started it up. We ran the power up to check for any unusual vibrations, and having found none, we had just about decided to take it around the pattern when someone called over the radio and told us there was an airworthiness directive that prohibits flight after a sudden engine stoppage until the engine can be torn down and inspected. We taxied back in and talked to the drop zone manager, who assured us that as a member of the United States Parachute Association, the jumper had insurance that would pay for the teardown and inspection. Our next conundrum was figuring out who we needed to report this to. There was no structural damage, and the aircraft was not moving at the time of the accident. It did not fit the FAA definition of an accident, but surely we should tell someone. We decided to contact the Nashville Flight Standards District Office, and after a few days, they asked us for more detailed information. We each gave our account of the day, and after a week or so, they wrote us back and said they were going to classify it as an occurrence, and no more information would be required from us. Meanwhile, the lady jumped again the next day with better results. The USPA insurance was very helpful, and there was no hassle getting them to pay. We opted to go ahead and do an overhaul at our expense, since the airplane was only 250 hours from TBO. I kept thinking about whether there was anything I could have done differently to avoid the situation. I honestly could not come up with anything. As disturbing as it was, I can only be thankful for the way things turned out. After this episode, I will be more careful when I hear the call jumpers away over Tullahoma, whether on the ground or in the air. Experience with the jumpers had given me a false sense that they were not a factor in routine operations at the airport, but I will be more paranoid in the future. The jumper missed her landing area by about a half mile, with plenty of room to the left or right of us, but somehow she ended up just feet from our propeller. Never again would this happen, or would it? 
the Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.